Welcome to the Empaths Revolution podcast, the home of intersectional spirituality. Empaths Revolution is a platform dedicated to empowering, informing and supporting empaths and other spiritually sensitive people via podcasts, expert guests, blogs, books and personal one-to-one and group support. I'm your host, Harris Eddie Hill, and I'm non-binary, neurodivergent and an intuitive empath. I'm a podcaster, best-selling author, NLP practitioner and timeline therapist, and I'm pleased to bring you today's episode. everyone and welcome back to this week's episode and I'm so excited to be joined today by Katie Helliwell. Hey Katie. Hi, hi everyone. Thanks for having me. Such a pleasure. For those of you who don't know, Katie Helliwell does um, readings. Like do you want to talk about a little bit about it and I know you've you've worked with some yeah. sort of TV personalities and stuff like that as well haven't you? Yeah, so I'm a celebrity psychic medium. Also, people say, are you also medium to normal people? I'm like, yeah, of course, they're normal as well. So I'm a celebrity psychic medium and a spiritualist. And I also help people develop their spiritual gifts um, through my psychic school. And I also offer guidance to businesses. So I do believe that spirituality needs to be normalized. And it falls under the umbrella of so many categories when we connect to ourselves, when we connect to spirit. So I'm kind of just a translator in the middle, helping people make that connection and then directing them where they need to go and filtering the messages through for them. That's essentially what I do. And I absolutely love my job. It really comes across that you do as well. <laughs> so, Katie, tell us a little bit in brief about how you came to end up doing this sort of work. And have you always been like quite intuitive and connected in that way or? Yeah, I was classed as a weirdo child, you know, the odd ones that always stand out. That was me. I was the weird one. Always last on sports day and everything, but was first in the, you know, the competition with the costumes, (laughs) things like that. Um, But yeah, it was a long, it's a long story, really. So I'll try and summarise it for you. Um, But I was a psychic child and didn't realise I was a psychic child till I was about seven. So my family knew before I did because I used to talk to the lady who used to live in our house. But I used to tell them things at the age of three, you know, when like a three year old's only just forming their sentences and, you know, they can have great imaginations and things. But I was telling them facts about people that had crossed over. So my poor parents were like, oh, she's just a bit weird. She's a bit odd. And they didn't really know what to do with it. So they didn't really do anything because it's back in the 80s. So they didn't know what to do. And they just ignored it. And then I started having imaginary friends. And I'd play for hours in my room with all these lovely children. And I remember they always looked very different to me in a style that they were like clothing. But I didn't, just children accept, you know, differences, don't they? They don't really have any filters. Children will play. You know, if you go abroad and there's kids that speak all different languages, I think it's amazing how the children still play regardless. It's like there's no filter. So I was playing with them, didn't think anything of it. But then around the age of seven or eight, eight I started to realize that people couldn't see what I could see and they were kind of just fobbing me off and saying oh yeah I can see so and so yeah and I'm like no you can't and then I realized and then I got quite frightened and it all went a bit dark so from the age of about eight till 
gosh, about 13, it was very much like I was quite frightened and I started to try and find a way to understand it and to feel safe. So I'm a Catholic, I was brought up in a Catholic school. So weirdly, the only place I ever felt safe was in a church, but also in the church, they were saying things like, if you love spirit or if you do anything, you know, psychically, which I didn't really understand the words. I just kind of got the gist of if there's anything you see that isn't normally there, then you are having demons or it's the devil. So I just remember thinking, oh, God, oh, God, something's wrong with me. I'll just stay here because I feel safe here. And I literally saved up all my pocket money and I'd raid the Catholic shop um, literally every week at mass and buy like statues and holy water. It was all very scary. And when I hit puberty, it ramped up and I did go through a dark time. So we got the house blessed by the priest and that did help calm things down. And then it got to the point where I was just a normal teenager, just drowned it out with going out and all that kind of jazz. I was doing palm readings at school. We used to have like these prefabs outside in the like in the fields away from the main buildings. So we're doing work at our school and I used to go there at lunchtime and go, who wants a palm reading? Come and meet me in the prefabs. So I was doing all that. But I didn't tell anyone really what I could do. I just said I'd read it in a magazine and I wouldn't really expose what I could do or what I could see. And everyone was like, wow, that's amazing. Wow. And the literally people loved it. And I was like, oh, this is so much fun. It's so good. And it was almost like a spiritual outlet for me, but without saying who I really was. And then I just carried on as normal, just grew up and didn't really think much of spirit. And then I had my first child at 23, Jess. And as I was giving birth to her, I had preeclampsia and I lost quite a lot of blood and it was all very dark. And I opened my eyes on the table and literally there was just a sea of spirits everywhere. And it was awful. So I thought that was it. I was dying because I knew that spirit came to collect you before you go. I thought, that's it. I'm dead. And then I actually panicked and thought, what if it's not me? What if it's my daughter? That would have been worse in that scenario. I was thinking, oh, no, no, take me, take me, leave her. So I was very much like that. And then obviously I lived to tell the tale. Everything was okay, But from that moment, I knew that they'd been there to protect as I didn't recognize any of those spirits at all. Didn't know any of them. And I thought, what if they've got the time to come to me in my hour of need and heal me and my daughter so that we could go on and live normal lives? Then the least I can do is look into this. So I sort of erased all that dark period of my life and thought, it's got to be something good here. There's got to be some light here. So I started to go to spiritualist churches. And I don't know if you've ever been to one, but they're really weird. So I just didn't like it. And I went in, I was all about the glam and the fashion and went trotting in in my heels I've got children I've got another child as well uh, very shortly after Jess and I was always running around being a busy mom and I walked in and it was just such a weird environment there was so barren there's no furniture in there which I now know furniture holds energy but at the time I just thought this is really cold and weird and then they'd sit you in a circle and make you do like really deep trance meditations which obviously they only had good intentions but for someone who was, had a very lot of fear still and lots of trauma to release around spirit, but yes, I knew they were good, it was really daunting, so I couldn't do it. So it took a long time for me to self-teach myself in the end through books and through various crystal circles and a whole host of things. And then I just practiced and practiced and practiced and just literally became 
like a secret psychic. I wouldn't tell anyone what I could do. So I was a PA in the day, moonlighting, and then I was a spiritualist at night and driving miles away from my house so that people wouldn't actually know who I was and wouldn't link anything back. I was so scared of people knowing who I really was, which I'm sure you can actually probably relate to. Like that stepping out in a different sense, obviously. But that stepping out is terrifying, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know what? As you were saying that, I was really thinking about like the LGBT community and like being in the closet. And actually, I realised not not that long ago, I think it was like within the last couple of years, I was like, I'm actually in the closet about being really spiritual and like believing in, you know, all sorts of different things. I believe in reincarnation and, um, you know, like I've, I've shared with you earlier, like I've had plenty of psychic moments and it sort of happens by accident. And then I realize, and I just sort of try to sort of laugh it off and it's a bit awkward about it. So, yeah, I think, I think in society today, you're either religious or you're an atheist. If you believe in anything else then you're a woo woo weirdo. And um, I'm embracing that now. And I often say to people, I don't care what you think about X, Y, Z, but I learned this today and I found it really interesting or, you know, and so I almost preempt people's criticism just to say it's an interesting topic. You don't have to have a judgment about it. Just be open minded. Do you think, though, that the the tides are changing, though, aren't they? Because I I think from now, like I was thinking about this actually last week, how it was back in the 90s. I know you were a lot younger than me, but back in the 90s, it was still very much like very taboo. You didn't really speak about it. I'd say it was only when we hit probably 2000 and just to be really specific here, around 2005, 2010, between that period was probably the time that England, America had already gone ahead. I'd say England was starting to turn more into spiritual is the way. And I think now what we were saying just before this call lots of celebrities and higher profile people are using tools like law of attraction and looking at alternative therapies because there is more to life there has to be more to life and I think people are coming to accept that do you think can you feel that change yeah definitely I almost feel like it's interesting because even so for years I would have one-on-one conversations with people about spirituality if I got the intuitive sense that they would be open to it and yeah. it was it was really funny because sometimes I'd get the nudge like yeah you 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 can talk to this person and I'd look at them and be like really <laughs> and like I would get this sense of like yeah yeah they're safe like you you can have that discussion so I might say something like you know uh if something ironic had happened or something a bit annoying I'd be like universe and they'd be like I oh, know tell me about it and I'd be like really shocked because some of these people look so you know, I'd never heard them utter, like some of these people I know, and I'd never heard them utter a spiritual word in their whole life. But the second that I made it okay, then we got into it and talked about it. Oh, I think, you know what, it's usually when people have something happen in their lives that they lean on spirituality, which I suppose is like an awakening. Um, You know, there can be lots of different things that make people just suddenly turn spiritual. And I think it's wonderful. But then I also want people to know that you don't have have to have such life-changing moments or painful moments to look into something that's so beautiful and that's so readily available for everyone yeah I agree with that like for me I didn't I I knew that I had like sort of spiritual gifts and stuff for a long time but like you I was very scared of it and when I moved out from my parent 
parents' house at 19 and went to university, for the first two weeks that I was there, my nervous system completely like did a massive release and recovery um, from being out of the home, which was extremely turbulent at the time. So I had two weeks where I just completely recovered. And then I sort of started to have these psychic moments all the time and, and it got to be a party trick. My friends would be like, would grab a friend that I'd never met before whose phone was ringing and they go tell us who's ringing who's ringing and I was like oh I don't know I think it might be your cousin and they're like no no my cousin never rings me and they'd get their phone out of the pocket and be like oh my god how did you know that <laughs> and so at first it was so novel and we would like joke about it yeah um, but then I got really scared and I shut it off and I feel like that shutting off because I didn't know what to do and I thought it was really weird I didn't have the skills to cope with it. I didn't know anyone like this. So I shut it all down. And I think as a result of that, I then suppressed my intuition to the point that I then made loads of terrible decisions over the next year mm -hmm. and like really screwed my life up big time. Do you feel like in you not having that connection that it also like had a negative effect for you as well? Absolutely. Yeah. Completely understand what you mean. So the reason you probably shut it down there was the, the lack of understanding and the lack of awareness because people weren't speaking about it as much. Like I said, it's only now that you can really start to, that people are a bit more acceptable of it. Well, I say that actually, but sometimes when I run Facebook adverts for a psychic school, I get a very much a 75% positivity. I mean, you're always going to get these people, but then you do get 25% of them, I'd say, calling you names and really picking on you and saying things very detrimental about me and also spirit and I think oh I feel so sorry for those people because they're missing out on the best thing in life and it's all fear-based so yeah absolutely if you close off your intuition and close off your internal guidance you can massively veer off track and have such a turbulent life and it's like because you're fumbling around in the dark it's like you're looking in a dark room and if you turn the light off, you're just making it so much harder for yourself to find what you're looking for. So if you've got the light on, you can see the direction and you might have to move things around still. But I like to use metaphors, by the way, you might have to move things around, but you can still find your way easier. So what happens is in those situations, when you make those decisions or you're running blind, you can end up with what we call an angel clout. So an angel clout is where spirit try and put you back on track. And they can more or less rearrange everything to cause upheaval and things can get worse before they get better. So I had that. I was ignoring spirit for a while. I turned my back on them. Probably just actually I was quite late on in life. So I'd fully trained. I was doing mediumship work. I was doing all of that jazz. But then I had another child. So I've got three daughters and I was working full time. And I was just like, I can't keep driving everywhere. The girls were starting to have after school clubs and things like that. So I was like, right, that's it. Something's got to give. So I let spirit go because I needed to work to pay bills. I needed to look after my children. And I was married, you know, married to my husband and he needs attention. We need to have that time for us, family, friends, you know what it's like, life. And I thought the only thing I can let go is spirit. And I got really unwell, like really unwell. And they kept stopping every job and I was starting to progress in my jobs. And they would just literally put blocks in front of every progression. It got to the point where it was a bit crazy in the end. And I ended up really unwell with endometriosis, which got undiagnosed for seven years. 
along with celiac disease. They couldn't quite pinpoint what was going on, but I didn't know I was a celiac. Anyway, so once I had a full hysterectomy, that was my kind of big awakening then that I had to go back to this kind of work. But I still didn't realise I had to be a medium. I just knew I had to lean back into spirit and lean back into guidance because yet again, I've been put back on track. So yeah, you can really veer off and you've got to be really careful. And also, why would you want to veer off? Why would you want to do everything by yourself? I don't understand why people would want to. Um, just find a way that suits you to connect. Find a way where you want to use spirituality for your comfort. And that's a really good way to explore and where to start. I think I think it's a question of vulnerability. And I, I agree with you that I think a lot of the time people will resist it because I think once you open to that, there's a, a massive loss of control. And I think oh. whilst you're still maintaining this illusion of control, you don't you don't want to, you know, it, it's much safer to think everything's up to me and I'm in control and it's like nobody else is involved. You know, like there's nothing going on that I can't see. Do you know what I mean? I feel like there's a real mm -hmm. clinging to that. And it was the same for me. The The beginning of my awakening was at 25 when I got, I had a brush with cancer. Um, oh, wow. I got in for my first um, smear test, as we do here in the UK at, 30, uh, at 25. That was uh, nine years ago now. And I had forgotten about it because I, you know, I've got celiac disease as well. And oh. I was having, because my gut was so damaged, I was having B12 injections at the time, uh, like loading ones. So I was going in really regularly. I was already thinking a lot about that. So I forgot I'd even had my smear test. And then I got a, a letter in the post a couple of weeks later and my whole family were away. They were either like traveling or on holiday or whatever. I was in the house on my own and I opened the letter and they said, we found like early cancer. Oh and I was like a oh, bloody hell <laughs> um and that just woke me up I think literally within the space of 24 hours suddenly it's like a light came on and I cared mm. about what happened to me and I was aware of all of this stuff um but yeah I definitely think like up until that point I was I was quite disconnected because I don't know I think I was very anxious and like I just couldn't cope with more stuff but, but I feel like going through that process of facing my own mortality although I didn't believe I was going to die from this situation because we caught it so early it really faces you with this idea that actually I could die from something like that mm -hmm. so I think the fact that I faced that actually gave me a massive appreciation of life and um you know then after that I sort of wanted to experience everything and since then I've done boxing and like pole dancing and hoop, uh, aerial hoop. <laughs> and, you know, I've, I've had two boxing matches in, in public and like smashed the crap out of people who've done the same to me. And Amazing. I've had, had yeah. a great time and I've been traveling like it, it's really changed my life for the better. So I think that, but I don't know about you, Katie, but I meet people and I can see that they're avoiding their spirituality, they're avoiding their mm -hmm. truth. And I look at them and I think, you're going to fight this until it smacks you right in the mouth. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, because you know what you can see because it was us. That's what we were like. So, mm. yeah, you can totally spot something that was similar, a previous version of you very easily. I think I can always spot them and I can always like it takes one to know one in spirit world. So it's always in the eyes with people. So when you're 
drawn to someone's eyes or when they've got just I mean you can see them in shopping centers and anywhere really when you meet people when you look at them and I do this often in live events and I'm reading for someone I'm like ah oh, you have psychic eyes and then sometimes I forget to say it in my head and I'm like, what do you mean I've got psychic eyes but you've got the psychic eyes because the eyes are the gateway to the soul so you can see it but when it's underdeveloped in someone you can also see like a darkness it's not that dark spirits are in there just to clarify it's just that the lights are off so it's almost like the spiritual lights off but when someone's working with spirit and actively with angels and you know have let down their guard because i didn't even think about what you were saying there about the lack of control it was such a good point but once they do let spirit in and they do stop that, do I have a gift? Am I crazy? Am I imagining it? Am I just wishing that it will happen? You can see the sparkle coming in their eyes. It's like they start, the lights turned on in them and they just look radiant. So yeah, you can really see them before, but then I get to see them transform like a butterfly, you know, and it's just, it's beautiful. It's really beautiful to watch and be part of. Yeah, I love that. I've 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 witnessed people doing that and I feel like at the moment I'm I'm also witnessing people changing a lot and starting to like it's like they're coming online mm -hmm. and it's it's really odd but in but amazing amazing to watch are you looking to get your energy in order spring clean your life and manifest things you actually want my align your life starter pack has helped people to relieve insomnia anxiety become grounded and to manifest exciting new things as well as cut energetic cords with people who are draining their energy. And as a bonus, it's designed with non-visual and neurodivergent people in mind, so it's more accessible than most things currently on the market. Affordable and instantly downloadable, you can find it at mooksharrishill.com forward slash mybl. Align your life, reclaim your power. So Katie, yeah. um, from a business perspective, obviously you had like a traditional job before and you avoided coming out of the spiritual closet for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm pretty sure that the first time I worked with you and Sarah Morgan, mm -hmm. I think you, you two had only been in business for like maybe two years at the most at the time. Yeah. And like things have changed so much for you. Do you want to talk a little bit about like where you started to, to now and how like what you've manifested and what that's all been like oh gosh it's been so crazy so crazy so I was kind of shoved into this world like I didn't actually decide like most people I'm going to start a business and I'm going to be really successful and my desires are this and this is my vision board that was not my journey I was literally shoved on the stage that's how I felt shoved on a stage and with no scripts no idea what I was doing and just that was it spirit guided me so it all happened where I read for I was working in network marketing after my operation that's still trying to find myself and I'd found Sarah through network marketing Sarah Morgan and that lady literally I can't even express how much gratitude I have to her she's amazing and I know you know her well she's just fabulous and she saved me and the amount of drinks and presents and meals I've took her to to say thank you thank you just like you've really got to stop this now <laughs> like I get that you're grateful you've got to stop treating me and I'm like where do you want to go next she's like you've got to stop <laughs> let me pay for something so I'm terrible but I was so grateful to her because she opened my eyes up to the possibility we were both working in network marketing 
and I loved the elements of mindset, which I'd never even explored. It literally changed my life. But I didn't really enjoy the concept of network marketing as in the products and what it was all about. So I knew I was onto something. I knew that I enjoyed freedom, but I didn't really know where I was going with it. Um, so Sarah opened my eyes to the fact that everything is possible and anything's possible. And I said to her, I really want to become a medium. And she's like, well, go and do it. And she, well, first of all, she was like, what the heck are you on about? And when I told her what I could do, she's like, oh, my God. So she said, well, go and do it. And I was like, I can't, I can't earn a living from it. So I just think for anyone here that is maybe just starting out or still not really believing that they can do everything, the first step to anything and inviting everything in is opening the door to it. Even if you don't fully believe it, just know that it is possible that somebody else has done it and this could be your journey as well. So I didn't even have the doors open. So it's very hard for spirit and angels and everything to send you things or the universe, whatever you believe in, if those doors are closed. So I was very much like, oh gosh, well, I just got shoved into it through basically I read for a network marketer who's got quite a big following. And I didn't tell her that I forgot to tell her that it was secret, that I wasn't doing it as a job. It was just one of those things. And I finished the reading, sat down just watching TV with Mr. H and just, you know, sat there normal night and network marketers phones go all the time. But my phone was going ballistic, absolutely crazy. We actually thought someone had died in the family oh, or no. something serious had happened because it was going crazy. And Mr. H was like, Kate, what is wrong with your phone? Just have a look. And it was all these inquiries, all these people asking for readings. And I was like, what? And I could feel my heart going. And I was like, <gasps> and I could feel all the emotion coming. I was like, how did how do they know? How do people know like my secret was out? It's like someone telling somebody a secret that you didn't want to know. And this lovely lady did not know. I felt, you know, she did feel bad. I was like, don't worry. It was obviously meant to be. And I was booked up for months. So I was running around trying to squeeze everybody in and not really knowing what I was doing. So in year two of the business, um, when by the time I'd found you, I'd understood how to put some structure in because the first year was crazy. I just said to spirit, stupidly, I went, you do whatever and I'll just follow. That's fine. No direction. Didn't give them anything. I just said, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Just send me through whatever it is. I got flooded with work. I got literally, there was no limits. I was in magazines. I was in book offering. People wanted to feature me in books. I was on uh, TV interviews, radio interviews. I didn't know what on earth was going on. I got celebrities reaching out to me. I got an agent. And I was like, what? I was going to all these opening of events and parties all over the place. It was absolutely bonkers. And every time I sat on a train going somewhere, I was like, how the heck is this my life? How the heck? <laughs> it was just crazy. So I had no, it was wonderful and crazy, but I had no structure. So I had no idea what was coming in every month. I didn't have a clue what I was selling. I couldn't fit any more people in. So my business needed some help. So I started to put structuring and courses to sort of free up a bit of time and also I realized it was okay to let people wait it's not the end of the world so I had a waiting list because there's only one of me then I created psychic school because I was finding lots of people that were psychic and underdeveloped and they were scared and vulnerable like I was so it was really struck in a chord in me and I was like oh so I created psychic school and started taking people through that so I just kept every month releasing new courses new offers new things and just put it out there and just speak to the audience. And I was just having a good time. 
And yeah, I got a little bit of times, oh, I've got to edit another video. I was convinced I had to do everything myself and oh, I've got to do this. And oh, I've got to also be on Instagram. Oh, you're supposed to be on, oh, LinkedIn. Someone says I've got to be on LinkedIn as well. I did find at times I've been a little bit like that and everyone does their business and runs their business and spreads their message in a different way. But I think the key to it is you've got to follow your intuition and your guidance from your team as to what's right for you. Because if you do a little bit of everything, you never really get the results. So I did really well in my first year, doubled it in the second year, doubled it again in the third year. And then it went 40% in the fourth year. So it's it's multiple six figures global. It's crazy and just huge impact. And I'll just sit there sometimes and have to deep breathe. <laughs> because It is crazy. That's amazing though, Katie. And do you know what? I've, I've noticed this a lot. Like I've met people who can turn their, their hand to anything because they don't actually really care. Like, or they, they're quite happy to do a job that's very transactional. They go in for an amount of time, do a certain thing and they get a certain amount of money. I literally couldn't do that. You could pay me so much money and I, I, I'm not capable. I could not get out of bed in the morning. But in my experience, the second that you're aligned and you're in flow and you're living your purpose and all of that stuff, like it's so much easier. Um, I had a business coach recently try to kind of get me to um, try out his sort of business like roadmap type thing. But it's so masculine, so transactional. There's no energy, anything in there whatsoever. It's very much like, oh, you, if you DM enough people on uh, social media, eventually you'll get somebody who'll buy from you. And I was like, that feels dreadful. <laughs> That's mm. so not my thing. And, you know, uh, being in, in the process of kind of uh, starting up a fourth business, and having done it before, like I, I didn't pay for any advertising before, like it just happened on its own. I felt like I, my part was just like you say, opening the doors to it and just mm. trusting that it was going to happen. And I really didn't have to do that much more. Mm. I think people do, you can run the risk of making it really complex for yourself. Like a lot of people do that. And you'll hear people say all the time you know just go with the flow just let yourself surrender and if you are in that doing mentality you probably want to punch someone that says that to you because you're like well how do I sit and go surrender and flow and all this fluffiness and they think that you're just sat there with incense burning and praying to God and you know waiting for divine guidance and you just it doesn't work that way it doesn't quite work that way you have to work with spirit and you have to trust the flow, but you have to, what you've just said there is very key because you've understood you and your soul. So the first step with anything is connecting to you. And when you try and make your soul and your human body do something that isn't right for you, that like you said, it might work for many other people, it just won't work for you. It'll make you ill, it'll make you run down and it'll just gradually dim that light within you. So you have to find a way that suits you. That's why that man giving you that, like blueprint just makes me itch because it's just not suitable like I could never do that you have to flow in a way that suits the clients and you can tune into clients and obviously understand what their flow actually is um so that if you have already experienced anything with spirit guys and all manifestation all universal connection whatever it is you do and it's not working 
look at exploring your personality and how you might be able to adapt it for you so it does suit your needs you know there's no right or wrong with it yeah yeah I was um because like since last year I gave up my advocacy my LGBT advocacy and like intersectional stuff and I was like right I'm getting into the coaching and, and I understood that it was meant to be like spiritually based but anything more than that I didn't know and I just assumed I, I realized like for months I was trying to craft packages and do things a certain way that I'd been taught coaches work like in a certain way and then I think it was in December I saw um another spiritual coach posted on TikTok and said um I don't do coaching packages because like for me it's much more in flow to just sort of let people book as and when they want to and I don't want to like tie them into having to work with me for three months or 10 weeks or something and the way that this coach put it I was like oh my god and it's completely opened up my energy again because I was like yeah it feels much more aligned that I would offer people one-offs and they can come back if they want to and like it felt so much more flowing and free and I realized that the coaching package energy to me felt really sticky and and like mm -hmm. difficult to sell because I was like I don't know if I believe in that and you know I've worked with people in the past where I only needed them once and actually had I been with them for 12 weeks they wouldn't we'd have run out of things to talk about by about session two or three yeah um but you know it's not to say that like people generally shouldn't have coaching packages but I think it's like like building on to what you're saying I think there's a thousand ways to do things and often we get caught up because we're doing something the way that uh, everyone else does it or like in a social norm and we've not realized yeah that's it you've got to do what feels good to you so I've just released something literally last week that is very much about you just book a call whenever you want so you have um you sign up for the year and then it's just all the courses I produce you get and then you just book in anytime you want to call you just book in so there's no set sessions because you could be in the middle of a launch you need 10 sessions so one or two isn't going to really help you you need to keep asking questions so I've done it like that and that just for me feels more free and more like I feel like it's better for me as well and it's better for the client because ultimately if your clients get a transformation it energetically forget the testimonial that's written it comes back on you energetically but I used to think that you had to write really long sales pages and I absolutely hate writing sales pages honestly Harris I want to throw the computer through the window because I just don't want to convince anyone to buy my stuff I just don't I don't like it so I was with my team today and they said, oh, we like the way you've done your latest sales page. It was a video. It was a three minute video going, if you want it, there you go. <laughs> like, this is the button. Press it. Because I just couldn't. I said, I could not write it. And they said, we know. We were actually thinking, how long is this going to take her? Because I just hate them. I hate, hate, hate them. And I never read them myself either. I always go off some energy before I purchase anything. I love that. I love that so much. <clears throat> That's so cool. So, Katie, what are you working on at the moment, or what are you selling at the moment? What's what's new for you at the moment? Uh, what's new at the moment? So, how to hire your higher self is the new package, which is on sale now until the thirty first. So it's not very long. I don't actually know when this goes out, but yeah, it's not long to jump in on that. 
and then we'll go into my academy my ongoing academy which is going to be released in february with a really good offer it's already running but there's a special offer coming out in february and then we've got psychic school opening again opening its doors which opens twice a year and after that i'm waiting for the spiritual downloads <laughs> nice well it sounds like you won't be bored definitely not bored not <laughs> when you work with the the other realm they keep you very busy <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing if anyone wants to get in touch with you katie where can they find you uh, best bet is on my Instagram. I'm always on Instagram story um, or on Facebook. And I run a spiritual group called Spirits and White Feathers. Um, also on YouTube as well. YouTube's channel there with lots of great insight, meditations, updates on spirit and practices and all sorts. So, yeah, you can find me on one of the socials. Cool. Thank you. I'll put all the links in the show notes when we release it as well. So people can just Thank click you. it. Uh, is there anything else that you wanted to add today or ask or talk about? Yeah, don't be scared of spirit and don't think you have to be a certain type of person for this to work. You can just be you and you can still be spiritual. I love that. So true. Katie, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you for having me. Always lovely to see you. Likewise. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it and think someone you know might benefit from it, please do share it with them and leave me a review. If you'd like more resources and information, you can go to my website, mooksharrishill.com, where you can also join my mailing list or Facebook group to stay up to date and in contact. You can also connect with me on social media at Empaths Revolution. The Empaths Revolution podcast was created and produced by your host, Harris Eddie Hill.